Hi all, welcome to Let's Hookah. On this episode, I sit down with comedian Zubi Ahmed to smoke some hookah and chat about everything from our comedy journeys to our relationships with our parents to what Muslims know about the end of times and to whether Cleopatra was beautiful or not. You can watch the video on YouTube. For early access to episodes, please join my Patreon for even more content. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to leave a review and follow us on Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to Let's Hookah. Hey. Zubi Ahmed. <laughs> Hello. Are you ready to Let's Hookah? I am so ready to. Well, maybe I shouldn't be ready. We were out late last night. We were out, we were out late. so I'm, late. I'm so miserable right <laughs> we now. Should, I should not be hookahing right now. It's fine. <laughs> you, yesterday you gave your liver some work and today you'll give your lungs some work. Yes, you have to. You have. It has to be a balance. And you know? tomorrow morning, I will wake up thinking I have COVID. <laughs> it's better to think it than to have it, right? At least it's not monkeypox. That, right? That's true. Yeah. All right. So, how was your day? What did you get up to? Um, it was good. I was just hanging out. Um, woke up pretty late. Uh, and then. Went to my parents' house. It was my brother's birthday yesterday. Took him to Cheesecake Factory. There's a Cheesecake Factory here? There's one in Queens Boulevard. Or one is that, where, where near is the it? mall. What Queens Center? Is there? Queens. Queens. <laughs> I mean, that's not I think always... I said Queens like 12 times. I'm sorry. That, it's not... Okay. But somehow I thought it would be Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> there is one in Jersey, but there's oh, okay. one... Cheesecake Factory in all of New York City, and it's in Queens. Is Cheesecake Factory actually good? Because I remember from like 10 years ago when I studied in California, we loved it. But yeah. the things I loved 10 years ago, I don't love anymore. Right. Like, I would never eat at an Applebee's again, but I used right? to fuck up some Applebee's back in the day. <laughs> I love their fucking uh, quesadilla burger or whatever. Like, why? Like, that quesadilla shouldn't be anything burger? that anyone puts in their bodies. No. But I did. Yeah. Happily. <laughs> oh my god the stuff that we did yeah 10 years ago even some music back from back 10 years ago when i listened to it like i can't listen to trey songs anymore but Why? 10 years ago i was all about trey songs why what's wrong with trey songs he's music? cringy he's so cringy his is music he? is like I haven't listened to Trey songs in a while, but that's probably why. Like you've grown <laughs> out of it. What's 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 one of the songs that he had? Um, say I, I liked. Yeah, say I was a Maybe big one. Ah, 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 um, ah. Neighbors know my name. Oh, I love that song. That one's my still good. Know my name, <laughs> my name, my name. Go on. Neighbors know my name. And that music video was so dirty. And I think that's what it was with him. It was like he always took his shirt off. He was so he raunchy. He knew he was a pretty boy. That's he, the thing. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's just not um, something anyone likes anymore. Like right. people see pretty boys, they're just like, fuck off. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> he, he started doing what R. Kelly, Usher were, were doing on stage, right? The whole like simulated Grinding. sex thing. Ah, yeah, yeah. And. That's just, you don't want to be those people. Like, you don't want to be R. Kelly. You don't want to be Usher giving out herpes to people. <laughs> you know? I forgot about that. Oh, oh God. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I don't yeah. know. I feel like if I came across a Trey Songz song, you know what song I'm so embarrassed about listening to and loving? And if it came on, like, my shuffle, I would be like hell yeah 
Um, do you remember Some Girls by JC from no. NSYNC? Is that is that like JC? Is it NSYNC? Oh, I only I went Justin. I know, I know. I, I mean, everyone did. Rest. We had yeah. no choice. We had no choice. That's true. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's not like any of them had like a thriving career right. after. But you listen to so JC? This, do you remember? It's, it goes, um, some girls dance with women, trying to throw no. attention, and I get in with them to pass me a gun and let's go. Why do I know? Why do you, why do you know? I mean, no wonder his career didn't take off. Like, that was the song. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, you don't remember that song? I don't remember that I'm the song. only one who is like giving that song any play. <laughs> and it's actually on your playlist? No. No, it's not on a playlist. It's on my mind, which okay. is worse. <laughs> there are definitely songs where I'm like, oh, I'm so happy my, my headphones don't leak sound you know it's like you remember back in the day you put on like earbuds and, and everyone in the everyone. bus could hear you let me tell you something okay <laughs> i have this really embarrassing story where so i used to go i went to fordham university for undergrad and <coughs> wow <laughs> and um Fordham has a shuttle bus because we have two campuses, so one in Lincoln Center, one in the Bronx, and Fordham, so it takes you between those two campuses. One time, I was taking the Ram van, which is what it's called, um, the the shuttle bus to, like, to the Bronx or whatever, because that's where I went to school, and um, I'm listening to this song on repeat like it is on repeat <laughs> i'm not listening to any other song i i've i've got this song just blasting through this like 30 minute ride and i didn't realize how loud it was and that everyone in the van can hear it okay. so the guy sitting next to me at some point like during our journey in the ram van taps me on the shoulder and he goes hey um what are you listening to <laughs> And I'm so embarrassed. I just look at him. I'm like, um, every other time by LFO. <laughs> <laughs> Was that actually what you were listening yes, to? Oh my god! That's exactly on repeat. On repeat. Na 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 but I get it. You were in that mode. I was. But it's like one of those songs that you rediscover and you're like, yeah. oh man, good times, you know? Yeah. Uh, so much music that I feel that way about. <laughs> Whereas, uh, let me fix that. Let me fix that. <laughs> I mean, I, had, I feel like I had time. so many of those experiences where I thought that no one could hear what I was listening to. And I might have been listening to like Christina Aguilera or something. Oh, that's not embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Like, I was trying to always be cool, though. You think that you think that Christina Aguilera is okay? Worse let's do then. Let's, let's say Britney LFO. Spears. <laughs> Britney Spears had hits though. Everyone loves Britney but Spears. But I was listening to like you know Dead Press. Um, I was listening to Halib Kweli and and you know 
Oh, you're yeah, a hip hop girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was listening to that kind of music. So on my playlist, it would be like that kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden, it would go from like Wu Tang to Britney Spears, and I was okay with it. But I, I felt, yeah, I thought it was embarrassing. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Uh, I think that's fine. I feel like you know she's she's got good music. They're they're both. It's good. a bit harsh. Mm. You were not coughing for nothing. It was, thank you, thank you. I just want the, <laughs> like the worst record to show person ever. I am not. Actually, I kind of am. I'm, I'm kind of a pussy. That's no, Okay, I was yes. about to smoke the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I see the challenge. This is, this. Yeah, this is the, this is the dangerous uh, <laughs> part of this podcast. Ah, I think it's better now. Um, tell tell me about your first hookah experience. Hookah experience. I think for every brown person is you're 15 years old and your cousins take you out mm. <laughs> to yeah. do it's a your thing. older yeah. cousins take you they're like oh you've never done it before well we gotta make it a whole thing now so you gather like 12 other of your cousins <laughs> <laughs> and this was in london actually my first time doing hookah was in london really yeah. where'd you go so you could get into places when you were 15 um, I mean, I feel like the rules were so lax back then. Yeah. I remember, like, yeah, I mean, you had to go to, like, certain... Am I... <laughs> <laughs> you had to go to, like, certain um, places, right? To, like, find, like you know, you, you had the, the ones that were like, okay, like, this is cool. Like, you can bring your younger cousins into this one, you know, whatever. Right. And you we're not going to card you or whatever. So um, it was one of those situations. Because even when I, like, came back, once I came back to New York, I was like, oh, I want to do go with my friends now. So um, on Steinway Street, because I was raised in New York, so I know, like, where all the good shit is. Steinway yeah. Street is where we would go at 15, 16 years old, skipping class to do hookah. <laughs> and they thing. would let you in. Yeah. These, these like Arab uncles are just like, they don't it's care. 10 it's in the morning. Of, it's a just, part of their... Just get in. Yeah. <laughs> I would say you see the same thing, but I'd be like a snitch back in the UK. You know, I'd see, I'd see these like 15 year olds get into a hookah place. And I'd be like, you know, there is an age limit here, right? Like I would, I would say, <laughs> tell the staff, I'd be like, I know what you're doing. You oh, know, but you were listening to Wu-Tang. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I grew, I grew out of that, you know. Yeah, it's like yeah. Became a rule follower. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think I ever did, but yeah, I, it I just annoyed me to see fifteen-year-olds around me while I was like twenty-nine and just like sitting there smoking oh, my hookah. Oh, that's fair. I yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. see like fifteen, sixteen-year-olds yeah, yeah, yeah. around. At this age, I hate seeing children. Oh my god, yes. Around me. And children is anyone who's like below twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, why are you having a good time? Get like, out of here. Get out of here. You have youth. Go be young somewhere Youthful. else. Go. Don't do that in front of my face. I it pisses me off so much. <laughs> we like, sound what so happened? bitter. We, <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. It's just like when I, I okay also there's this I don't like it when they're having too much fun because I was like I was not having fun I was yeah. busting my ass working so hard I was yeah. always at the library I'm like you just 
you're gonna be out here well, living your best life. That they're not also in the library. Well, they're at the hookah on place, the- so they're not at the library. <laughs> you know, on the time off. I don't know. I don't know. You know. I feel like we're not in their homes. I think it's the thing, you know, our parents did. They were like, when we were your age, we used to do all this work. We used <laughs> yeah, to do this yeah, and yeah. that. I think that's how I feel about youth now. You know? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, you're not working hard enough. I see. Uh, actually, I see my sister sometimes. I'm like, you work too hard. Really? Yeah. What's she trying to do? I mean, it's because she's uh she's in the medical field. You know, she's she's like trying to get into med school and like you know all that. I'm like, I feel guilty whenever I'm like out living living my life and having fun, and she's like home <laughs> with my parents. <laughs> I mean, you know what? At that age, at her age, I wasn't allowed to do anything. I feel like she's allowed to do a lot more than I was. Oh, you, you know, the like, oldest, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Like, yeah, I remember like um, last year, she just like got a hotel in New York with her friend and like spent the weekend with them. Like, my, my parents would never let me do that. If, if they found out that I was doing that today, they would ask me a million and one questions. I'd have to just do it. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, the younger ones, they, the, the first ones just get all the shit. Yeah. Like, everything, yeah. your parents don't trust you. It all, it and all, it's it always still carries ones. over. You think that, it, like, your parents grow out of it at some point? No. It carries over. Like, even now, in my 30s, my parents are still harder on me than they are on the younger ones. So you have ones. to set an example. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, still yeah. on you yeah. to do that. Well, and I, the only example I want to set is, like, have fun, bitches. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> this life is fleeting. <laughs> have a good time. You and know? I, I think it's that pressure they put on you that at some point you're like, mm, I think I'm done with this. Yeah. Okay, now I yeah. just want to be free, live my life. When did you move out? At 30, actually. At Wait, that's very recent. Yeah. Yeah. So I... Wow. Um, I I ran away from home actually. You did? Yeah. Well, you are a brown girl. <laughs> it was like the so you you we hadn't met um before the pandemic, so you don't know like the story, the Zubi Ahmed story. That's a, that's a real thing. <laughs> Tell me. know. <laughs> yeah. Um so in 2019, end of 2019, um my or not end of 2019. Um, so I graduated college in 2019, not college, uh, grad school in 2019. And then my parents were like, well, it's time for you to get married. And I was like, I kind of just lost it. I was like, you know what? Yeah, fine. Whatever. Like, cause it was, you know, when you're living with your parents, it's harder to get away from all of like the, the shit that they say, the stuff that they put on you mm. and stuff like that. So, um, I was having a really hard time with all of that. So I just agreed to let them take me to Bangladesh to get me married. And this was like, our flights were literally booked for March, 2020. And I think like two days before we were supposed to fly out, our flights got canceled because of COVID. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, thank God for this pandemic. Like this is I I feel like such an asshole, but this honestly I feel like saved me from You were like, gonna go and get married. I was gonna go and get married. I would have been like married and go and find my Prego now Bangladeshi prince, you know, whatever. I don't know, man. Wow. I don't know. That is so recent. <laughs> yeah. So then 
spent the entire quarantine with my parents, you know, and at that time, everything was canceled. There was no nothing going on. We were in lockdown. So I spent a lot of time with my parents and, you know, I thought I was like saved from the whole situation. But then my mom had this like matchmaker in Bangladesh and um, she just like sent my mom this one guy and my mom was like all for it, hundred percent into it, you know? So then um, she's like, Telling me about this guy, sending me the biodata and all of that. Which biodata, by the way, is just, it's okay. If you're watching Indian matchmaking, I feel like people know what the biodata. Biodata, biodata is like Did a resume. genetic code. Oh, okay, no, okay. <laughs> that's scientist to me. <laughs> no. Yeah, of course, brown people you would use like a scientific term for something as dumb of as like. Of course, yeah, that a, makes sense. Like, it's like a resume, basically. Okay. It's like your your LinkedIn profile. But especially if it's like matchmaking, why not make the best match then? Yeah. Right? Like right. Why not just too? eugenics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not think that far. Yeah. But we do do that though, right? We do screen that way. I fi- yeah. I mean, there are, there are um, issues with health sometimes because like, you know, my, I, my, my cousin, one of my cousins and my brother are carriers of like this thing, I, like this blood disorder that so if they marry someone who has the same disorder their kid could suffer like greatly you know so like you how, how do you guys know that they carry the doctors tell you when they're okay. born so oh, I see. They can, okay. yeah so they, they <clears throat> once they get like all the blood tests in mm. and stuff like that they can tell i forgot what it's called it's something with a t um yeah so this is really random but in turkey um before you get married you have to do a test because there's so much inbreeding, right? Like cousin, cousin marriages yeah, are yeah, such yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, you have to do a genetic test, a blood test before, and your doctor has to approve that that you're not at risk of you. So you can't marry a wow. cousin. Like that's illegal. But regardless of that's so interesting that yeah. it's illegal in it's, it's illegal Turkey. in Turkey to marry a cousin and. You have to do the genetic testing to it's also not to even make illegal sure. in America. That's crazy. Is it not? <laughs> I thought it was illegal in some states. In some states, okay. I think it should I don't be. Know. Like it's funny because I always say this to Muslims, and they're like, "Well, the Prophet." I'm like, "Shut up! <laughs> I can't hear this." It is <laughs> the Prophet didn't marry cousins. Uh, his daughter married. His cousin, his cousin, right? So yeah, his cousin. His yeah. daughter married his cousin. Yeah, so like that's like something of like remove something, you know, or no? I mean, that's still very close. But I think in Islam, it's not banned to. Eh, I think for sure it's not banned. I, I mean, I don't know about all of that, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Just I feel like in. Anytime people bring up like what the Prophet Muhammad did, like in terms of marriage and stuff, like they think that they can get away with like having like the three wives or four wives or whatever. And it's like Prophet Muhammad did a lot of those things to like to get got married to a lot of women to like save them from, you know, whatever, like Mm -hmm. war and, and famine and shit like that. So he wasn't doing it for himself. He was I mean, doing it to I'm like, sure he was having fun, but... what? Yeah, I mean, well, 
well. Uh, yeah. And it's also, you know, you can't, we can't look back 1500 years and be like, I mean, this is... Have all how, the information. Right. Yeah. Like, we don't know. And right. also... I mean, I'm writing journals, right? But I've missed a lot of days. Yeah. Right? And also, like, this we, is all in your perception. Right? Like, yeah. society might have, like, looked at you and been like, she's fucking crazy. But, you know. <laughs> I really hope that society looks at me and goes, that bitch, she crazy. <laughs> but in like 1500 years, everyone's like, you know, Zubi the goddess. And like, let's, let's walk oh, in her. Because posters. I wrote it in my journal. <laughs> be like, and this is what she did. Every morning I wake up and I open the curtains and let the sunshine beam onto my face. Is and- that- is that, what you're, is that a journal entry for you? No, my no, journal yeah. entries. Anytime I do a journal entry, is motherfuckers are stupid. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah, but, that's what we do yeah. on stage. It's that's a lot how of journal anger. entries. If I, I have you ever read your journal entries from like when you were younger? Yeah, from childhood, dude. All of my journal entries from when I was younger were so angry. I was so I was such an angry person. I wrote down so much shit of like I never want to get married. Men are fucking assholes and blah blah blah. Mind you, I wasn't even dating. It wasn't about yeah. me dating. It was about what we were experiencing through our father figures. Absolutely. And I hate to say it, but it's true. Uh, they ruined men for us. They were the first ones to ruin men. For I, I actually you th- I think you're right because my, my dad's my dad's really loving really caring. He's such a great person to talk to and chat yeah. to for me but when I was growing up he was such a terrible <laughs> husband to my mom that I think I always thought of love and and um, love as this toxic violent thing so and I think in that way they, they ruined me because I couldn't like think of myself in a relationship or in a marriage until like last year i had to go through so much therapy to get to a point and be like no love and violence are not the same thing like you know it's such a toxic way no you are so correct like it took me a really long time to like even get used to the idea of dating right. people i'm i i like i remember like when i was like in my mid-20s i like started getting on the apps and stuff um and I would like set up dates and then ghost the person. Right. Because I was just like so scared to like meet the person and like, you know, it wasn't until like later. But then like dating also ruined the experience of dating. <laughs> like men. Dating is the, is, I feel like it's the best way of preventing you from becoming serious with someone. Like it's the best birth control is dating men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know Maybe your parents is. had it right. Arrange marriage. Just fucking arrange and get it over with. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get to a point where I'm like, yeah, okay, I think I'm going to leave this to my parents because they married each other and they stayed married and that was not good. So I don't know yeah, if I can I keep trust saying this judgment. to my Exactly. I keep saying this to my mom and she's like, you want to get divorced and then what? I'm like, live your life. Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally, yeah, I literally was talking to, I was talking to Sabine about this earlier when she was here. Um, about how I, I wish people just normalized getting divorced in our cultures. Yeah. You know, just be like, I'm not happy. And that's yeah. okay to say. Yeah. And it doesn't make it a bad thing that... Uh, to make life about me yeah exactly yeah our generation even, does that but yeah because our, even in islam it's like you, you 
even the smallest reason for a divorce, like if you want it, just do it. Yeah. You know? So it's like, why do we like stigmatize it? It's so funny. Much? I had these friends when back in Copenhagen, um, you know, were not allowed to date. They were, they followed, they were quite religious, but they also wanted to like experience host. sex. Yeah. <laughs> So they would get like Islamic, Islamic marriages. So like not, it's just with the imam, right? And everyone knew they were now married and they would like, they would hook up with this guy because he was now like accepted by God. And then, you know, like sometime after they would get a divorce and they would do that again. It's like, they were just like Islamically, legally being hoes out there. It was (laughs) fine, but everyone else got like so much stigma from dating yeah 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 so wait so you studied at Fordham what did you study um I have a degree in history I totally forgot no I forget way. about that yeah ask me anything I don't know shit what did you what was your specialty Is I didn't have one I always was general history American history uh, all history it's just his, that that's All my degree. History. Just okay, history. Well, what was your favorite? What's your favorite historical fact? My favorite historical fact. I'm trying to think back to like the classes that I took. <clears throat> um, Cleopatra was actually really ugly. And she was white too. Yeah. Yeah, she was inbred, so she's she nasty looking. She was actually ugly. She was, yeah. Are there records of her? Uh, I think. Um, oh, I, I think the what again? This is like the journaling thing where like the translation, not the translation and stuff, but like <laughs> somebody was like, "This is the most beautiful woman." I think to like fuck with the records of history and stuff like that. Wow. So that's why people thought she was a beautiful woman, but in reality, she was ugly. But she was very charming. She was able to, like, use her charm to get a lot right. of, you know, go far in life. And she, so she became, she married the pharaoh, right? And uh, She didn't marry. Egypt. I don't think she, she got married. Didn't she rule Egypt? Did she get married? Yeah, I think so. She was Macedonian, but she was a princess yeah, from yeah, Macedonia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Married one of the pharaohs, I think. Yeah, and then um, she had an affair with, um, like... What was it? Julius Caesar? Did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she got around. And and, um, and his best friend. Who's yeah. Julius Caesar's best friend? I um, don't know. Fucking. <laughs> You're the history major here. I'm, the hook is fucking me up. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's my brain. Actually, no. Uh, no, I'm just dumb. I don't... I don't it, I, okay, I don't we need... We need I feel like we need someone to fact check this, but we'll find no, out. I'll do it. Hold on. Yeah. So, Julius Caesar, Cleopatra... Slept with who? But I mean, clearly they found her attractive. They found her. I mean, she had a lot of land and stuff, you know? She was the ruler of a lot. And yeah. she was apparently very, very charming again. Okay. So let's see. Julius. Hmm. Julius Caesar. Oh, it was Mark Anthony. Isn't that so... JLo's husband? <laughs> 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 Wait, who was Mark Anthony? Julius Caesar's best friend. Okay. Yeah. 
Cleopatra required the might of Caesar's armies to install her as ruler of Egypt while Caesar was in need of Cleopatra's vast wealth. So that's what happened there. Hmm. Is Julius Caesar related to Cleopatra? Historical accounts state that while Cleopatra was married to her younger brother... What? Yes. Yeah, that was exactly... They had a lot of inbreeding in their family. That's why they were ugly. Oh, Yeah, it wasn't just because of, like, you know, they're ugly. But, like, it was because they did... Holy shit, she was married to a brother? Yes, yes. She was married to her younger brother. Her younger brother who was like 10 years old when they when they got married. Ew. It's so that they can keep the rule. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so she had nothing to do with the pharaoh? (laughs) I I don't know. I honestly like That's a good question. How did they get Egypt? I don't know. I think you know, that empire, the whole Macedonian Greek thing. There was Queen some of Ptolemaic Kingdom of Egypt. Mm. So she she did become a ruler of Egypt or what? Yeah. So she was born in Egypt, in Alexandria. Um, so I, I think what it was, it was past Cleopatra's. So they didn't even change names either. They were all like like her mother's and her Wait, there are multiple like Cleopatras? Yeah. yeah. So when people talk well, about the, the iconic... The, yeah, she's, she's, she's the, the famous one. one. Yeah. But she's, she's mummified, right? Because I remember seeing that. You see him, but maybe I'm making this up. Maybe it was one of the other Cleopatras. Because <laughs> there's definitely... At the British Museum, um, there definitely is a mummy. Was Cleopatra's mummy ever found? The, her tomb has never been found. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, also, yeah, I don't trust anything at the British Museum, so I don't know. <laughs> it's all stolen all goods. All stolen goods. <laughs> um, okay, history major. Oh, that's interesting. And when did you get into comedy? Mm. Around um, 2015. Oh, it's been a minute. Yeah, 2015. But I started with, like, improv and and sketch and stuff like that so i was doing a lot of that for like majority of my time oh, okay what made you get into it? into comedy, comedy? Improv. um i just wanted to write i wanted to write for tv and that was like Ooh. my goal that was my dream it's still my dream it's just that the closer like the closer you get to seeing how the industry is the further it feels mm-hmm. like you are from things because like, i feel like when i got into it i was like so like wide-eyed and like you know just hopeful and something yeah. like that and now that i'm in it i'm like i don't know if there's any hope <laughs> left. like obviously there is because you're super talented and you're like doing so well but you know thank you it'll it'll happen inshallah inshallah <laughs> this is where we become religious again this is where we become yeah, we religious. believe in god we trust so it'll happen <laughs> yes i mean i i mean I, I don't know it's it's um so the reason why i started was for writing i was um i was like really depressed at work and uh my friend would make me go with her to watch improv shows at ucb so we would go like almost weekly. We'd go to like these shows and stuff like that, and like they were like sketch shows or improv shows and stuff. And everyone was so funny, and every like we had so much fun. So we started seeing like 
ads like uh, like they before the show they would play like you know like ads and things like that of like hey there's you know diversity scholarship or whatever so I applied for the diversity scholarship and I got it and I cool. that's when I started and to UCB. like yeah yeah Wait, that's the place in Chicago right or no. no where is UCB UCB so there was one here which I think is done now I like they they just closed it down because of the I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or because they were shutting it down anyways. But um, they had one in New York and one in L.A. And um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just the, the, the Upright Citizens Brigade uh, Theater, right. you know, Amy Poehler. Yeah, like I thought the, she went to Chicago to do that. No, that was Second City. Second city, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, okay. Because I, I, I read her, her autobiography, Amy Poehler. Yeah. And the the yeah. UCB was like a big topic in there. Mm-hmm. So that's that was the route you were trying to pursue was to like eventually get to SNL. I was trying to just like not. I I didn't think of like SNL or anything like that. For me, I was like, I want to write for um, sitcom, right? You know, because I grew up watching sitcoms. I used to dream and wish like my life was more of a sitcom because like all the problems were solved at the end of it. <laughs> right. Every episode. <laughs> and our problems just like keep going. Yeah. Like as you age, they just get worse. They rot. <laughs> Nothing is ever. Yeah. You know. I think we just kind of ignore them, right? We put them in the back. It's a part of our yeah. lives and yeah. we just never quite get over them. Yeah. So I really like really really wanted to write for sitcom i wrote my own pilot i actually have written like three pilots so or two pilots and like a couple of spec scripts and stuff like that yeah and i would like um uh send them to like these like submit them to like these like competitions and stuff like that and i would get like you know uh semi-finalists or quarterfinalists and things like that um, but then at some point I was just like, yo, this is fucked up that like, they're literally using the, our dreams to like make money. Cause it, these things would cost like $60, $75 a pop, like mm. you're to submit these pilots and stuff like that. And, and then at the end of the day, you're not really getting any, like, you know, right. anything out of it. You know, you're not getting any men- mentorship. You're not getting any like, um, guidance or anything mm. like that. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, so that's why I like started to like do my own thing and like you know um (sighs) did a sketch group like was in an indie sketch group and stuff like that and and um started doing improv and stuff which i never thought i would do improv because i was like i can't i can't do improv i don't i don't want to do that um but then i started doing it and i i liked it um and then I got into grad school and I stopped doing sketch and, and um, improv because it, it, the cost um, adds up because you have to pay for a coach. You have to pay for um, the space, the studio space to rehearse and stuff like that. It's, mm. it's a lot. So I was like, well, I'm going to grad school. So let me save my money. And, yeah. and then that's when I started doing stand up because I was like, stand up doesn't cost as much. <laughs> Oh no! Unless you're actually going out to places. For me, stand up cost me so much because I had to go to London from Cambridge. So it was like a train. Oh shit! It was. I think I was spending like 
probably like a hundred dollars um a week on going out to like just go to the comedy shows yeah in london and then you know you go to london and you have to have dinner and then you're taking the train late night home and you're yeah. hungry again how much was the train the, the trains would be like 15 20 pounds Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And that's like an addition. So you'd have the subway system over there, the tube, right? Mm -hmm. So that was like an addition. But yeah. the train between Cambridge and London were like 15, generally like 16 pounds, I think, was like the, the standard one. Damn. And how much did, um, how long was the ride from? 50 London? minutes each way. Wow. And then once you get to London, because you get to central London, then you have to go to your shows. And it's rare that your shows are in central London. Right, yeah. so you have to like, like go to you know the south or the north north of London yeah. or east or west, and all of that from central takes like at least thirty five to sixty minutes. Yeah, that would be like the regular. So you spend so I would spend so much time on the road getting to just places in London. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, but I can see otherwise that here also you start making money quickly for from comedy as well from stand up. At least like some money, no? Did that Not take really? Okay. I don't think so. I didn't start. I don't think I started making like money, money until like, truthfully, the pandemic. Oh, okay. Because people were more willing to like yeah. give money for like your performance and stuff like that. So interesting. Yeah, I definitely was not making money in London from comedy. Yeah. It was it's just like way less a thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't until you start booking like the the clubs. From, from, like, regular gigs, you don't make money. Yeah. I feel like it was definitely that way. And it was, like, never, like, questioned. Like, mm. I would never expect an indie show to, like, give me money. Even mm. now, I'm just, like, I'm pleasantly surprised when they do give me money. Um, but, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. whatever. How do you feel about, like, when you get, like, $6 from a show? That's weird, right? That one's weird. <laughs> it is weird, and I think that y'all need to stop doing that. Yeah, it's like better I, just not then. Like, oh yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, like you're trying, but like it's also just like just keep the money at this point. You yeah, know? it's like, what is that? A latte? Fine. Like I, I have that. I right. think. Like <laughs> I, I literally recently I was on a show and there was a foreign. There was someone from the UK on the show as well. And they told us the one, the people who booked, they were like, okay, we just made like, it would be $9 per person. Mm. And they were like, give us your Venmos. And this girl was like, I don't have Venmo. Can you uh, PayPal it? Or can you, can you do like a wire transfer? It's like for $9? <laughs> That's like the cost of the wire transfer itself. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I you like, can you know, live just, without just the nine dollars, bro. Yeah, she's trying to like get a ride from from the airport. <laughs> that is nine. Yeah, nine dollars. <laughs> well, yeah. No, those are th those. That that is weird. That makes me feel weird when I get like something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what I don't like is when people don't pay you well enough for like. A hosting gig it's yeah. like that's a big commitment like you yeah someone is there for an hour and a half at least 
hosting the show. So much energy you put, like, going yeah. up on stage. I do think that the hosts should be getting paid more, and I feel like it's not. Yeah, they, not they always. To, yeah. Not yeah. always. Like, mostly I think it is, but not always. And, and definitely not paying the host, for me, that's, like, non-negotiable. Yeah. 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 Comedy, man. Yeah. So that's how I started, you know. So what's your favorite um, word? Word? In improv. What's the best oh. word that you've ever gotten? Dude, um, I don't know. I don't... You, you <laughs> never thought about that? Like, I, don't, like, I don't think you, about You've never been like, I hope more. someone says this word when I'm on stage. So no, that- no. Um, I don't know. What was the best suggestion I ever got? Mm, I have no idea. Okay. I cannot remember. I I I do not think about my improv days at all. No, no, not at all. It's not a fun time then. I mean, it was just so white. I see. You know, and it felt. It definitely made me feel so so out of place. I never felt so out of place in my life. Um, and I had a really hard time. I think this was the first time that I was around so many white people. Um, in my life, mm. like I, I, I think somehow I was able to avoid it in college. I didn't grow up around white people. I didn't go to high school with white people. You know, none of that. So, I think, and in in college too, like the white people that I knew was just they were, you know, I didn't feel intimidated by any of them. Right. You know, I felt kind of like in, they they it, it, we're just on, in college and we're all going through the same thing almost right but in improv i just felt so i just had so and i feel this now even anytime around white i'm around white people like especially white male comics i just feel so invisible and i don't know how to like announce myself Mm, i completely relate to that yeah it's almost like they look through you a little bit like that's yeah you might as well not be there. Yeah, unless the, if you're like, uh, like a, a six foot hot bitch. Like I'm not like I. You're so beautiful. Like I can't imagine anyone finding, like not seeing you. That's crazy. In the, the room. It's obviously likewise. You know, you know like I, that's crazy. But it just feels like if you're not just like, you know, fucking. Giselle Bunchen in this bitch like they will not see you they will not acknowledge you and they will not respect you unless if they you have your credit like stamped on your forehead or something For like sure. that you know um, that it's so really and obviously it's not all the white male comics out there but it's so many that it's, it's like enough that you it's all <laughs> of them okay. I've had like ex- I, I feel like yeah. we always try to like give them all so so much of the benefit of the doubt when have they ever gone out of their way for us? No, it's true. Man. And like, why? Why? Like, it is all, all of them. They don't give a fuck about us. Why? I've had like the occasional white guy be like, "Oh, welcome to the city. How has it been?" Like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of language. It's where opportunistic, it's like, though. You, you reckon it is? Okay, it's good. I love your cynicism. I love that. I love that because I'm bitch. I'm from New York. I know. I don't trust these whites. <laughs> like I don't trust anyone. Period. But. Um, I, I do feel like male comics for sure regardless I have to say regardless of race have been kind of predatory with me really yeah it's almost like because 
your credits are not stamped on your face yeah, yeah. or and they kind of think of you as this like shiny new thing they see mm-hmm. you as a shiny new thing that's there mm-hmm. and the white comics are very good at just like treating you like air oh wow that's um, yeah and then the some of the other races I'm not gonna like specifically target anyone but it's almost like they're you can tell that they are being opportunistic with you mm, yeah, like yeah if you let your guard down they're gonna like try to get close or it's like <laughs> it's just like toying with you a little bit right yeah, yeah, yeah. and that I felt from so many people and yeah. I remember complaining about this to two friends of mine asking me about comedy and being like I'm walking into these male dominated spaces and I can see that I'm first and foremost just a woman not yeah. an individual not a comedian you know until someone they respect vouches for you they kind of treat you that way it's true yeah now I don't feel that way in comedy here but yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely the first it is about like building community and like you know sure. and finding your place within it now it doesn't feel as like jarring mm. I feel like yeah that was definitely quite intense so when did you make the switch to stand up oh you said in college and what about in New York uh, oh you college was here what am I talking about oh yeah, yeah so I went to grad school I started to like really get into stand up around like 2017 2018 okay yeah so like I was like really going for it yeah or trying to anyways because like I was still in grad school so it was like hard Mm -hmm. to like make time really absolutely um so a lot of the stand-ups that I knew were like people who were like also in the improv and sketch world and stuff like that you know so I was doing a lot of those like Brooklyn mics and stuff yeah. like that, you know, those like, um, and, and it, it just, it felt a little more comfortable because, you know, they're a lot more friendly to like queer mm. and POC, you know, people and stuff like that. So that, that, those were good rooms to like work out my stuff and right. kind of like find my voice and stuff like that. So, and, um, what what's been your process of writing comedy? Um, I'm not the type to like take out a pen and paper and like set aside time and like you know do the work. Right, <laughs> sounds so terrible, but I I'm not really good at that. I kind of just live my life and observe mm-hmm. and then. If something, if I find something funny, then I'm like, oh man, the shower, the shower thoughts <laughs> yeah. are really just like, damn, like, like I hate that such funny things because I, I love to talk to myself. So <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. I'm so, pretty sure my neighbors think I'm crazy. <laughs> For sure. No, I'm talking to my partner. What are you talking about? I know I I have roommates too, and I'm like. I try to be careful about like actually talking to myself. My sister confessed to me the other day that sometimes because we we used to um, share a room together, and my sister was like, you know, I like sometimes would wake up and I would hear you because I would be home like writing and stuff like that, um, and I would stay up until like two three in the morning writing and shit. So like sometimes I would wake up and I would just hear you talking to yourself. I'm like what <laughs> did she listen in on your conversations with no, yourself she, was, she would just wake up and be like 
This bitch is crazy. <laughs> She's like, I got school in the morning. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, one of the funniest things happened when we were sharing a room. Um, I remember one time, I don't know why, but um, she was like getting ready for school. and It was like a really cold day. And we had like this huge Ikea um, closet with a mirror or whatever. And she had the lights on while she was getting ready. So I just like kind of like opened my eyes and I see her and she's just... What's she do? She's just staring at herself in the mirror. <laughs> oh, she was going through something. <laughs> and you know what? We all, we all do that. We right. all have done that. But like to see someone else do it is just the funniest thing. So she's just staring at herself. She's like fully dressed, right? right? Like she's all dressed, ready to go. She's got her fucking puffer coat on. You know, she's got her hat, her scarf, everything. And she's just staring at herself in the mirror like... <laughs> and I'm like watching her for like a good 10 seconds. She's not moving. She's just wow. not breaking contact with herself in the mirror. And I'm just like... What are you doing? <laughs> and she whips her neck so fast. And she's like, go back to sleep. <laughs> How old was she then? I think like 16 or something. Wow. She was yeah. really going through something. She was hyping herself up in the mirror. Like, I do that all the time. I'm like, bitch, get your shit together. It's just so funny. That was so, That's so funny. funny. Every time I think about that, it's just like... Oh my god! I watched it. So I had a friend stay over at my place, and so I had my my bed, and she was sleeping on the the mattress. And um, in the morning, she got up early in the morning to to go to to go to class, and I was still sleeping. And um, so she was like getting ready, put, putting on her pants or whatever. And I just like got up and I looked at her, and I was like, "What are you staring?" <laughs> This is why people want to live alone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was so comical because she was like in the middle of putting on her pants. <laughs> she just froze and looked at me. It was like, the fuck? It was so funny. It was one of those situations. It's like, that was so fucking weird. Why did I do that? <laughs> um, that was funny. <laughs> Have you ever, like, woken up, like, like, you're having, I don't know if it's, like, a dream or something like that, but you're, you kind of just, like, wake up, you're just, like, <laughs> like. I do that and, all, yeah. Oh, jeez. You do that all the time? All the time. Is that how you wake up? No. <laughs> Not, like, all, okay. I was exaggerating the all the time, but yeah. it happens to me so often. Damn, really? I'm, like, startled because I don't remember my dreams. Mm. It was traumatized as a kid by my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I Aww. always, it was, it was, yeah, so, okay, this, this is getting dark really fast, but in my neighborhood, there were a couple of girls that got, uh, like, abducted and then raped and killed. Oh, shit. When I was, like, five years old. Yeah. So, my mom was, she was out of, going out of her mind because she was so afraid. Like, I, if I was five years old, my mom was 24. Oh, wow. She was so young, 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so she was like losing her shit that this would happen to me and and she was it was always like you can't go outside you get raped you get and she because she knew nothing about child psychology right so every night in my dreams and i had just seen stephen king's it movie and uh because no parental like control on television yeah, or yeah, anything yeah. like that they didn't know how to do it there exactly so I, I watched this the clown movie so in my dream nightmares a cl- clowns would come to our playground abduct me drunk drunk clowns because they were always the people who had abducted these girls were were like drunk yeah in our like neighborhood mm-hmm. and so my mom was always like stay away from drunk people stay away from people who drink yeah, yeah, yeah. stay away from this this and this so in yeah. my in nightmares it would, they were all the same people so it was drunk clowns coming to the Jesus playground Christ. abducting me and then one of these girls had been killed by you know they put like a hammer through her head and they would come with hammers and you know I was um, I was like in desperate need of therapy as a child but um had, but you were five years old. I was Did five your mom just tell you yeah. what happened? She, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, she she told me we found out. And, like, I saw photos of this girl, too. And she would come in my nightmares as well. Um, And then, and it would be like, I would wake up. And the next night, I would go back to sleep. And it would continue exactly where I woke up. Whoa. So I was terrified of sleep. I could I was I was refusing to mm-hmm. go to sleep and I was like I was just I hated sleeping so much. I hated the nighttime so much. Um and then one day I was staying at my cousin's my uncle's place and my I had a bunch of cousins my age and and one of them we were all like lying in bed and I was telling them that I hated this continued until I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. And and then one of my cousins was like, you know, if you say these prayers before you go to bed, you will, uh, you won't, you won't have nightmares. Mm-hmm. And the like psychological effect of that was so immediate. Mm-hmm. So every night before going to bed, I would make these prayers from the Quran. It was like um, Al Fatiha and another another one. I don't remember yeah, yeah. now, but. Ihlas, I think, Ikhlas, was the, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that's the one. That's the one. Three times that that, you, and yeah. one time Al Fatiha, and I was I was doing these prayers like right before going to bed, and my nightmare stopped. Like it was so oh, immediate. Wow. So after that, I just never dreamt. I just would never remember my dreams. Oh. So when I'm started like that, I know that I've had a bad dream, but yeah, for yeah. the life of me, I cannot. I cannot remember. Wow. So you can't remember any of your dreams. You haven't remember. been able to remember a dream. I think maybe since it's then. happened since then. Maybe it may have happened like a handful of times. Yeah. It's been like wow. something so intense and so much on my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Like not just in the subconscious, but also on my consciousness that I might remember. But it's so rare that I'll remember That's anything. Crazy. Yeah. So do you um do you still like do the prayers and stuff? It's funny because I was doing it as just a thing until quite recently, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, but no, I don't really do it anymore now, but I still don't remember. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think I've conditioned myself like quite well. Your brain is yeah, well, it's like, you're never going to remember these dreams. I don't again, want to. So. Oh my God. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such a horrible experience for so many years that yeah. I just, and I have like deep and like really big problems with insomnia. <laughs> And for oh, the longest really? time, people were always like, well, you know, coffee, you know, like I was having insomnia when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I wasn't drinking coffee. I was, there's no caffeine. There was no electronics. This is pre-phones, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So 
I didn't have anything to like just it was just the fact yeah. that my I just did not want to like sleep yeah it was, it was yeah, anxiety it was, from sleep yeah. I could not fall asleep and that carried like throughout my life that insom- yeah. the insomnia has been like a huge thing in my life yeah uh, but it's funny it's like it all goes back to your childhood yeah yeah it's crazy always. it's always yeah. Yeah, I feel like no matter if that's the scary part is like no matter how good of a parent you try to be, you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna kid. fuck up. You're gonna somehow. fuck your kids somehow. I think that's such a scary thought, right? Like I know you, just, that's you like, can't yeah. get them right. Yeah, it is scary. So you should just stop trying. <laughs> stop <laughs> let, let, Just. Put them out into nature and let them just let the wolves raise them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, you, you, are, you'll either fail, you either make it, or you, you know, you won't. So just put them out there and see. Survive of the fittest. At least they can't come back and be like, my parents fuck me up. Well, I mean that that would be their parents because if your parents are just like send them to the wolves, it would still be their would parents. Still be the parents. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one of the things of like being parents at least like you know love love my parents of all the sacrifices that they've made for us you know all that we stuff. always have to preface this. we always have to say it because yeah. someone somewhere on the internet is being like your parents gave up so much to have you i'm like <laughs> i didn't i didn't ask for this right, right. you know yeah. like um but <laughs> so i feel like you know parents will always kind of just tell you like what they've sacrificed and stuff like that and it's like I understand that but like I wish that you had chosen yourself at some point you know like like at the end of the day like if you're going to blame me for shortcomings like I wish you had just done what you truly wanted to do that's why I feel like I am proud of like comedians comics and uh, because we are doing the thing that's like not the easiest shit and it's like um we're just we're just trying to fucking pave a path for ourselves our dreams and stuff like that and without having to put in our future kids you yeah. know absolutely it, it it is so sad i always my mom would always say that to me she'd be like if not for you if not i would have divorced your dad but i didn't want you to be the daughter of like a, a broken woman it's like who asked you <laughs> like look at me i'm 32 and unmarried like clearly that was not clearly i fucked up either way exactly so. like and, and that's it's so sad that that had to be the deal breaker for her life you know yeah maybe like she yeah. might have had a completely different life now than i mean i don't think my mom is unhappy yeah in her marriage anymore but it's just sad to see like what they what they went yeah. through, and I wish they had put themselves first. But yeah. I, I wonder what that would have looked like for us if they had done that. Because we, I feel like a lot of the trauma of childhood and like being raised by by our parents and these having to navigate different worlds, the outside world and the the home, yeah, kind of shaped us a lot, right? Yeah. And a lot of it's the basis for so much of our content on stage as well. Yeah, we, we probably would have been like wholesome and happy people and had nothing to talk about <laughs> what were you going to talk about if you were happy yeah thank you uh amwena boo for giving me shit to talk about yeah exactly don't be mad that i'm talking about it okay yeah. but just be happy that you gave me content do your parents know you talk about them <laughs> um i think so you don't uh, talk that much about your parents i don't really talk too right. much about them 
Um, I feel like it's only it's mostly in podcasts. My mom did find my Mango Bay podcast, which okay. she like she cried. She cried. What would you say? That. I don't know. I think like because like I talked to her about it afterwards, and I was like, you know, like we just saying things to like you know get views and stuff like that and she was like i've never heard you guys use this type of language and some of that which by the way like she used to love usama now after watching yeah (laughs) after watching after watching that episode watching mango bay she's like he's ruining you he's bad influence like wow you know all that and i'll and i i don't know wait so okay your, your mom's fluent in english yeah, she's she can speak English. Okay, yeah. I, I I forget sometimes that Southeast Asians do have like a close connection to the English, but because um, <laughs> my parents definitely don't speak English, really, and I think a lot of the stuff I put out there, I would not want them to see. Right, so they don't they they don't do they they understand English though, right? No, no, no. So how do, wait what? My parents live in Denmark. It's a different. Oh, yeah. so what do they speak then? So the Danish language, it's Danish. Oh. But my parents speak Turkish and Kurdish, right? But then outside world speaks Danish. Obviously, yeah, yeah, So yeah. they speak some Danish. Oh, but you lucked out, bitch. Even though Danish is very, very broken, so I could be saying things Can in Danish. Can you do stand-up in Danish? I can't. I never have. How did you learn English? Did you have to learn it in school? I did learn it in school, but I mainly learned it. This is going to sound crazy, but <laughs> I used to translate all Tupac's music into English. Into <laughs> Dan- yeah. I was like, I was listening to his songs and I would translate every single word. Like, I was like, I don't remember how old I was. Like, so young and I learned the word penitentiary <laughs> in one of his songs. And I was like, the only kid in my entire school that knew that word. He's like, like, penitentiary is prison. Prison. You call it jail, but obviously I speak sophisticated English, so. Penitentiary. That's it's so, so funny. funny. So that's actually rap music was how I got how I learned English. That's so cool. It was crazy because I felt like a lot of the music is so passionate, and I felt like there was yeah. a message. Yeah, yeah. And growing up in these parallel societies in Denmark, where like all the minorities are in one neighborhood, so essentially the the projects, um, what the government legally called the ghetto in Denmark. Because of that. Um, I felt like the music resonated a lot. It aligns, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, obviously the experience is, like, vastly different, but yeah. the there is the, there is a sharedness there that Absolutely. spoke to me I a think, lot growing up. I think that that's, like, the case for a lot of um, brown people who grew up poor, right? Like Absolutely. And I, I it's it sucks because, like, you know, there is a lot of, like, stigma around... Like, well, you don't have the same experience mm-hmm. as the people who are, you know, rapping these things. Like, of course, like, when I'm not, I don't, I, I was not, I never joined a gang. You know? Right. Like, yeah. I, ne- I never, you know, um, I never shot up anyone. Um, I don't have these experiences. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but it's, I was very, very much adjacent to those experiences. Like, there's definitely, like, a lot because did grow up poor you grew up in a, a neighborhood where this shit was happening in you kind of yeah just relate to it you, you know? do and and it's not like so we obviously we have intergenerational trauma as well i grew up with stories about with stories about like war and, and yeah, persecution yeah. and what kurdish people went through in turkey and and like being 
having your land taken away, being like removed from it, being but forced into exile, and then always being like the bottom of society. That's yeah. what we I grew up with, and that's I feel like that's something that in rap music was was that, there was a like yeah. huge crossover. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, sometimes the same it, for Bengalis as well. You know, for sure. Yeah, and explaining that to people is sometimes like I feel like cheapens it a little bit it's like yeah, yeah, I have to justify why yeah, yeah, yeah. why I yeah. think in this language why I, in like in like rap mm-hmm. rap music language was how I thought for such a long time yeah, yeah. it's funny I had this uh, I remember this day in English in high school um, we had to read out loud you know, I don't know if you did that here but you'd go around reading oh, like yeah, paragraphs yeah. Yeah, of, of course, text yeah in like foreign languages uh, so we we did that and we were reading of mice and men by by steinbeck and i read my entire paragraph as it was a rap song <laughs> and it was hilarious and i was like a class clown so everyone was like in stitches for, by me doing that and but this was literally oh, how i read and men. thought holy shit <laughs> wow it was funny but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of sharedness. It's a shame. Yeah. I was literally talking about this with some friends yesterday about how I did not expect the minorities in this country to be so to be so segregated. So I feel like the black people in comedy, at least I see, are not really fucking with. In my experiences, as, as at least as someone who just like entered the space, it doesn't look like they're fucking with brown people. Brown mm-hmm. people. And and both brown, Southeast Asian, and, and Middle Eastern, and and um, Hispanic people seem to be like very separated Everyone as is well like in their own group and stuff. Yeah, like and it, I, it, yeah. in the UK, that's not a thing. Right? Really? So the, no, it's it's POC, it's Black Minority Ethnic, and that's it. Kind everyone there kind of has there's there's more sharedness. Obviously, Black people in in the UK also come from you know sort of the same root. Mm-hmm. black people here but but they came to the uk much later mm-hmm. so like the people from the the caribbean came in much more recently and so they were not a part of shaping the the british the the, the land right whereas black yeah. people here were, are a part of the yeah, u.s yeah. history right yeah. so i feel like already there there's such a big difference yeah. this is like in the uk you know indians and pakistanis have are such a big part of British history too mm-hmm. in the same way that the Caribbean people from the Caribbean are so there's already so much crossover there and people yeah. are much closer I think in terms of identity than than I see here for sure I think what it is is like um, is the I definitely I think it's geographical uh, distance because America is so far from Bangladesh and Pakistan and India like our shit tra- had to travel so far and so long to get to America. That's why, like, halal butcher shops and things right. like that didn't weren't opening up as frequently as they were in London and stuff like that because your shit, you guys kind of, like, shared a continent almost, you know? Yeah, it's Like, true. it's much closer. Like, I, I really do think that that's, like, a, a big part of it, and I don't think a lot of people think about this because there were a lot of... Indians and um, Muslims coming from that part of the world into America mm-hmm. and shaping a lot of um, a lot of America, but our history gets erased because of that. 
like I think it, because we weren't able to like quickly establish these spaces for ourselves, right. you know, so we didn't have like you didn't have like these Indian restaurants mm-hmm. and you didn't have like these halal butcher shops right. and things like that because it takes much longer for yeah. shit to arrive. Yeah, to, to America, and and somehow like some cultures. I could be become, making this shit up. I, I just, know. I think like it's not what I think it is. You know. I also also say probably that, in yeah. percentage you are also smaller than yeah than the other minorities, mm-hmm. and you know it's all about like who establishes becomes a dominant minority group, right? Yeah. In California, everyone thinks I'm Mexican because that's the dominant minority group. In New York, everyone thinks I'm Puerto Rican because that's the Dominic that's the dominant like Dominican Dominican <laughs> <laughs> like, dominant. That was um, that was interesting how that just slipped out, but yeah, um, I yeah I definitely like growing up. I didn't I didn't see a lot of like brown people around like my like mm. Bengali, like it's not it's been it's like more recently now that i'm seeing more brown people in the world out in new york and things like that like um before it was just like i felt like i was the only one walking these streets wow and stuff, you, you never know? you never walked by rutgers clearly i, d- I did not <laughs> i did not i tried <laughs> did to you avoid have family rutgers. in jersey no no oh, the, the only brown the only brown York. person without family in jersey <sighs> I will do that. We are we're all about New York City. Okay. We are all about making our mark here, leaving here. And then so I do think that it is interesting that you bring up the segregation and I feel like I feel like America's very uh sinister in that way because it's not so much the people that are doing it, it's the government that's doing it to the people. Okay. Because there's this thing called like redlining and um, gerrymandering and things like that. Like the government really plays a huge part in like squeezing all like the same types of people together in one place. Right. And because you grow up in that like mindset, you kind of like take that along with you mm-hmm. through life and you're, you, you build a comfort around, you know, that yeah. and being around that. Um, because I don't know, for me, I, I feel very comfortable around any POC, you know? Um, so I just, I like, like, I don't have to even think twice about it. Right. You know? Oh, that wasn't to say that I don't, I definitely do too, because I approach it in the way I would have in Europe, but I am noticing that not all, not all groups take me in the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that is like you have to prove yourself to be like worthy minority in in some spaces here. But, you know, whereas that was never my experience in other countries. Yeah. But, but yeah. for me, you know, all POCs are POCs, and that for me is just like enough for me to align. I, feel, I think I feel. America has actually like fucked people of color up so much that everyone is so much more protective mm. of their spaces so much more mm. um i don't want to say gatekeeping but like in a way in a way kind of like yeah gatekeeping and i i don't blame anyone no for, no i for don't doing at that, all you know sure. because sometimes you open up your doors you open up your arms and people really fuck you over yeah and i'm mean, like 
how many times have Muslims <laughs> like like for example like if there was a masjid that like took in you know new converts and things like that and they turned out to be the fucking FBI how many times do you think that's happened right right it's gotta right. be a bunch of times and then like you know of course in those cases like you you didn't even find anything like you yeah. just you just fuck you just fucking like use our resources and our time and space you know for sure you know so I don't know it's this might just be like now me rambling. No, I totally get tired. what you're, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, it is late and we've been talking for a minute, but um, it's it's so real for me that like protecting those spaces. I don't know you you do you do that a- anywhere. We yeah. would do that. I would do that even in my college society. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but for me, the what I would consider a part of my community was just like it's wider mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't fault anyone for doing yeah, that yeah, yeah. because yeah. obviously it, yeah there's a need for it as well in the same way with you know like you said with masjids it, communities have also found that when you, when they let some people in yeah and that yeah things fall apart um yeah, I was thinking about I when you were talking about the masjid, I was thinking about this NPR episode of, of this, <laughs> this guy, this FBI, just this uh, CIA FBI guy trying to find someone a radical Muslim at the mosque. So he starts like hanging out with these people, and then uh, essentially just like contrives the situation. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is that the case that you were thinking? Yeah, I no, think I don't okay. listen to NPR. I'm I'm. I'm not, I don't know actual things. I just make a lot of shit up. There you go, yeah. <laughs> you are a historian. I then. believe in, there you go. I, I believe in patterns is what, I, what yeah. it is. I believe in patterns when I see, because I, I mean, like, I do, I don't know history that well, but I understand it. Yeah. And I understand that things have happened in the past in a certain way and they will continue to happen in a certain way. Yeah. Because it's, so, cycl- it's cyclical, right? Yeah. If you just keep going back and repeating history. Yeah. Um, and they've done the same things over and over again enough that we can be like, oh, yeah, there's definitely a pattern here or like this leads to this action. Yeah. We know yeah. that by now. And I think we yeah. live in, in such a wonderfully enlightened world now where we just have access to all this data. <laughs> we know what's happened. We, we, know, what's, we know what's happened. Kept. And we know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, yeah, the warning signs are all there. So uh, you want in the Quran? They're in the Quran. We've known for like fifteen hundred years. Did you hear about how time is actually moving faster? Is it actually? Yeah, we had one of our shortest days in June. I think June twenty fourth or something like that. Okay, it was not the Earth did not I, the Earth made its full um, revolution or whatever uh, under twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. So it was like point something seconds before the 24 hours. It made its full, um, whatever, uh, spin around. Wow. I, I get, What's it called? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Let's, yeah. like, it's, around the sun. It, yeah. It went around the sun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. But did you know that that's also in the Quran as like the a sign of the end of days. Yeah, it is a sign of end of days, yeah. So... The apocalypse is happening. Muslims have been warning y'all. Yeah. Okay. We <laughs> have... Yeah. 
You didn't listen. You're all going to hell now. <laughs> all going to hell. <laughs> it's so interesting. Like these things. When I was younger, I would like scare myself <laughs> with these things, like end of time things like that. Yeah. You know, like the signs of the end of the time. I was like, as long like as that. I, as long as I don't see a cyclop out here, I'm okay. <laughs> the jaw. <laughs> I was fucking terrified. <laughs> Dude, you know what makes me even more scared is that like. Like, I don't want to be alive for this shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, Muslims believe that Jesus will come or resurrect and save us from the Dajjal and stuff like that. I don't want to be alive for that. I do kind of want to see it. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> We've been spent this story for so long. Yeah. I want to see how it plays out. <laughs> well, I mean, they say that Jesus is gonna win, right? And then we're gonna live um, peacefully for forty years. I think is that what it is? Forty. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna be long gone by then. So, who do you, your? If you had to think of any individual on earth now that could be Jesus, who would it be? <sighs> like, like if they were already here. Yeah. Hmm. Everyone sucks, bro. Yeah. Like, everyone really sucks. If if I saw if I met someone who was that kind, I'd be like, what are you up to? Yeah. You know, it's Mo Yaku. <laughs> <Mo Yaku. laughs> shout out to Mo. Oh, shout out. Yeah. Episode that was the previous episode. <laughs> like uh, plug it. Like, <laughs> um yeah, is he that nice? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, he, he's a nice guy. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't imagine, like, especially in the circle of people that we know, like, none of us. But Jesus is not supposed to be born again. Is he just supposed he's to, like, just, come back? Resurrect, yeah, they said resurrect. Resurrect Jesus. What? Yeah. I thought he was supposed to, like, Jesus is gonna come, come back. back like, as, like, a, how, how old was he when he died? 40-something, 40 right? 40-something, yeah. Um, he's okay, gonna come so he's going to be a 40-year-old like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna be like, okay, boomer. I, okay, I <laughs> We're gonna right. see him be like, what was this boomer out here? <laughs> okay, like, wait. Who do you, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Who do you think is the Dajjal then? Like, if it was anyone. The one eyed person. No, but, I mean, no, they're supposed to be like, uh, when they come into the world, when they like introduce themselves to the world, they're actually supposed to be very, very good looking. Oh. Very well spoken. I used to think it was Obama. <laughs> I think a lot of people think it's Obama. I think it's Obama. <laughs> It's a Dajjal Obama. That's the real it's mystery. It's a Dajjal Obama. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> it's a Dajjal he Obama. Was, he's so good looking. He is, you know, so well spoken, you know. Um, yeah, because they're supposed to kind of like he has that. They're stint. like a vixen, right? They're like yeah. everyone's under their charm. Yeah, and he did charm us. He did charm he you guys. Really, really charmed. No us. one even cared about the drone strikes. No one blinked an eye at the no. drone strikes. Every time, like I have people like, yeah, Obama. I'm like, wait, 
Dude, really? Obama killed more people than Bush did. But now we're like, obviously, like waking up to that reality, right? Like now everyone's like, oh shit, like he. So really- what's he gonna do? You reckon he's gonna come back and he's gonna like take over the world? I think we're gonna find out that Obama has that one eye. <laughs> that one eye. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Obama <laughs> going to expose him, and then Jesus is gonna fight him. Jesus gonna fight. Oh, what about the Methy? The Methy is also gonna be. That's gonna be someone born, right? I, I actually don't know that one very well. Me neither. I feel like she has know that quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, you have to distance yourself from the Shias too when you're <laughs> Sunni. I don't know. You know it's what? Like, I actually went to a Shia um, Islamic school. You did? Yeah. I was obsessed with Prophet, with Imam Ali when I was growing up. And I used to always like, I used I had a sword. Yeah, I had that. I still it's have the, it. It's the sexiest thing. It is. It's so, I mean, like, they be- really made Imam Ali to be like the hottest character in the yeah, and he was wearing like <laughs> eyeliners you know he was like you know with his like long hair i don't know like he was a cool guy right he was a yeah, cool yeah. guy in islam Did you was- ever watch that movie the messenger oh my god yeah that's the reason right yeah. because like in so in that movie which like for a movie that was made in like 1970 or 80 yeah, something it's the 70s, yeah. it was so well done and so Absolutely. respectfully like Tastefully, so respectfully done. Yes, it's a lot of people uh, that are like played by white people, yeah. whatever. But you know, we we can let that go. The fact that they it's also directed by a white guy, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, they're yeah. made by a white guy. But the fact that they were so re- respectful to like not cast anyone mm. as Muhammad or even Ali. Yeah, like they they really just like use the camera to symbolize. Yeah, um, it's so Muhammad. well like, done. I like and the music, right? Like every time yeah, it was Muhammad, yeah. you have that sound. Yeah, yeah, such a good man i want to watch that movie now yeah and then like anytime ali was in the picture it was just his the sword. sword yes yeah. that's why it's so into- enticing yeah it's <laughs> enticing and also the fact that he was like he was you know the strongest man or whatever he was like so brave so courageous yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know such a like confidence to the prophet and all of that i just like had such an allure of him and yeah. so i used to wear the that like loyalty yeah. yeah the loyalty and i had his so i i still I had, had a neck i had a necklace you had it too, too? and it's- i had friends who were shia and they'd be like oh you're shia and i'd be like no and they're like but you're wearing the zulfikar the, the zulfikar yeah. i'm like well since when he was not shia yeah, yeah he yeah. was just muslim yeah right there was no when ali was alive there was no shia or sunni <laughs> right like, that yeah, came yeah. after he died yeah right so that's like, like catholic being like ooh, i don't know yeah whatever <laughs> like, yeah i'll like try to make a connection i'm like well i don't really actually know christianity very well <laughs> also the fact that like christians had the the cross right that's like such a symbol Versus we don't really have the same, unless you wear a hijab, I guess you're not yeah, yeah. putting on a symbol. But And yeah. I like the sword as being like this like dominant thing. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, the Methi, I think, is supposed to uh, come back and fight at some point or like Who's lead fighting? humanity. Lead humanity. Oh. But I'm not sure. Like, some okay, things don't really Muslims. add up. Yeah. Yeah. There's not too many heroes in this story. There's too many heroes and I feel like not enough time, actually. <laughs> right. Especially we, when the time is, is moving faster it's now. It's the end game now. It's the end, end times now. Like, what's happening? Like, I feel like it's 
it's very interesting that it'll be like, okay, like the mountains are going to be on fire and the seas are going to be rising. And, and, which, and yeah, all of that is all happening. That is in, yeah. Um, and all that is, it's so crazy how much of like climate change, how much climate change is in the Quran. Right. <laughs> like, how did they know? I don't it's God's words. Allah's real. <laughs> I feel like we're both being really blasphemous, but also not. Yeah, no, I mean, this I'm is what we convert. This is what we convert. I love, well, you know, when we try to find out the name for the, the podcast, Sabine actually suggested uh, Holy Spokes. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to do. Yeah, but it was taken. Oh. So it's like, okay. yeah, so, and, and she was like, oh my God, this is so funny. She was like, you use it as an excuse to convert people to oh, Islam. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like we're kind of doing that now. Yeah. What, we're yeah. doing God's work. Yeah. Anytime you get me on a podcast, I will try yeah. to convert people. <laughs> All right. So should we talk about your hookup stories now? Oh, yeah. Are we, are we talking about that? <laughs> you know what's funny is that the mention of the Zulfikar, um, the first dude I ever hooked up with was Shia and I remember like so clearly like when he was on top like seeing the the sword like in my face I was like this is wrong this is that what you thought I thought you were gonna say that you uh named his penis Zulfikar I would You know what? I am a very bad Muslim, but I am. I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> That's where I thought the story was going. I don't know. Like he poked me with his sword or whatever. <laughs> yeah, your mom's gonna be proud of this episode. I hope she finds it. You've been such don't a good Muslim. That. Don't say that. I can't be fucking up again. Oh god. Shit. And she's gonna see me freaking doing hookah. Don't don't post this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're just hanging out. So it's yeah, 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 yeah. Just make this episode three hours long so she can't go through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but that's like a Bollywood movie, so she's okay, right? Oh no, there's no dance numbers. That's what we stop it right true. now and we put a dance number in. Are you just why don't you just get up and, and twerk and do the whole thing? So you just she'll see you be. Like smoking and twerking and all of it. Yeah, no, I I don't want to give my mom a heart attack. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's fair. That that's that's fair. Yeah. No, I, we were talking with earlier about how um, you know you use YouTube videos to find out what how to like learn something from YouTube videos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, both me and and like earlier Sabine was like twerking. Oh, you use YouTube videos to yeah, learn how I, to I, I didn't learn it. Oh, I was like, yeah, my ass just does not move that way, so. You know, I actually used to teach a twerk class. No way. I did. But you have the booty to do that, so. Yeah, but you know, anyone can twerk. I just gotta I believe. believe it. Oh, you gotta believe. <laughs> uh, you gotta believe. <laughs> believe in God, you know what happens. And I, I think that the biggest thing about twerking is that you really actually do have to let the music carry you away. Like, you know what I always thought that is the fact that I couldn't twerk is because my ass was too muscular mm. Mm. maybe There's I not, don't know I, that's what I that's what I thought I've just got a lot of jiggle jiggle so you know there I don't you know, know. <laughs> yeah. see you just like gifted <laughs> no but I feel like if you even with muscular butts you can kind of just like move your 
um, this part up and down, and right. there will be some motion. Wait, you know? okay, we actually talked about this earlier. Is it someone told Sabine that it's all about the ankles? Is that true? No. <laughs> okay, good. Are you trying to hurt we like, yourself? Because we were like, we need to fact check this. Like, good, you're a sports <laughs> expert. I'm gonna tell who told, her. Who told her this? I don't know. Someone told <laughs> her what she was trying to learn. Oh God! I, don't do that to your ankles. You'll roll your ankles. So, it, it's from the sound. From from what it sounds like, she didn't learn it. If she was trying to twerk her ankles, I don't. Yeah, she probably didn't learn how to twerk. No, if you're anything, you want your feet firmly on the ground. You don't want what? What are your? Right. What's your I ankle know. doing? I don't know what it was because we couldn't figure that out. We were like, what? How how does it go from your ass to your ankles? I don't know. But uh, have you tried to learn anything from YouTube? That's been what have you tried to learn? Have I tried to learn anything from YouTube? Oh, um, I actually have to use YouTube uh, to learn how to use wall anchors, actually. That is such a grown-up answer. That's it's not what I thought you were going to say <laughs> at all. <laughs> wall anchors. First of all, I'm a dad, okay? <laughs> oh, that's so I, funny. I aspire to be a dad more than anything my in my mom life. My is the dad. Really? She's the one who does all that kind of stuff. Like, all the contract kind of work. Yeah, in my, yeah. She did our floors. She does, she does the painting. She paints the ceiling. Wow. She makes, like... She builds everything, and she also stitches and sews and tailors wow. stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, she she and my my dad can't do any of that, so that's like what a big joke. What does your dad? He's a cab driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's actually so my dad got trained in Turkey as an accountant. Mm-hmm. Then he came to Denmark, and they were like, "What degree?" <laughs> um, so he's been a cab driver for thirty oh, so years. That's, that's the same everywhere, huh? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. They're like, yeah, the the degrees back from our countries were not credited, so. Meanwhile, like there, you guys are in back in our parents' countries. They're doing like biology in the third grade. Like I don't understand. Yeah. Like how they're so much more advanced. They're learning like trigonometry in kindergarten. Like what are you talking about? Right? How is it not? How does it not translate over? It is really just like this, no, like it's, white supremacist. It is. Mindset. Oh, it absolutely is. It's like wait, you're gonna come to my country and tell me how to do my taxes? Like get the fuck out of here! You supposed supposed we got you here so that you could work in service business, and that's where you're gonna have to stay in. Even in Denmark, like such a developed country, right? So like great welfare state. So many things about Denmark are just so exceptional but when it comes to how they treat the minorities is appalling Damn. in denmark That's everywhere Damn. everywhere and you can't as a person of color you can't go above middle management damn they're okay. never gonna put you in like top executive positions i've never seen that in all my years there and it was one of the reasons it discouraged me from staying in denmark because i was like i'll never get i'll never explore my own potential because people will prevent me from it do you feel like you have more of an opportunity or did you feel that way in England and do you feel that here that you can like climb up? I think the fact that definitely is that it's still it's still something that holds you back. For instance, in the UK, I've got a scholarship to go to Cambridge, right? Mm-hmm. So at Cambridge University, obviously incredibly elitist and posh and like mainly just white, very, very privileged white people mm-hmm. in that space i would walk into these spaces and it, i would just first of all increase the ethnic population by 100 percent, right mm-hmm. and then 
it would just be, I would be so out of place and conversations again, I would be totally ignored. And then often also really tokenized to like people being like, oh, if you don't mind me asking, how do you think we'll, you're going to solve the war in Syria? Be like the fuck you think I am? Like I, I study biology, man. Like I don't know. <laughs> like conversations like that that always made you feel like you are just a minority and yeah. that's it. But at the same time, because I got to those places and I got like scholarships and I, I managed to like make great connections with people that really believed in in what I brought to the table. It felt like I was getting out of that mm. space where you, you'd get help back. Yeah. And, but, you know, even in, in academia and, like, science, it's completely male-dominated. It's mostly just white men. Um, and if they do give out a position to a woman, it'll usually just be a white woman. Yeah. So I feel like we're still so far down the mm-hmm. ladder, but I feel like it, at least there's not... Um, it's not systemic, I think, in the way that it was for me in Denmark. Oh, wow. Because in, in these countries, both in the US and in the UK, their race issues are going, they go far back, right? Mm-hmm. It's been going on for like centuries, maybe. Yeah. Even in the UK, it's gone back quite far. So they've come to a state now where they have to deal with it. And they have to like, you know, create, they've created programs, you know, they've affirmative action or whatever it is to, to try to be more inclusive. And there's like, the spotlight is on them. They have to do something about it. Whereas a lot of Europe, they, their, their issues with the waste is very modern. It's just like since the seventies. Mm-hmm. So they haven't learned to deal with it yet. Yeah. So it's like leaving that space means that I can be in spaces where people are trying to actively do something about Change. it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been rambling like crazy. No. I'm you've been great. Thank you. You've been talking. I love you taking over as a host now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having said that, yeah. Thank you so much, Zuby, for doing the to coming on the pod. Where can people find you? They find me at ChopZuby on Instagram and TikTok. Oh. Um, and at damnzoob on Twitter, actually. I don't know. I never changed okay. my Twitter handle. Yes. Well, yeah. you can follow me on johnsudis, that's C-A-N-S-U-D-I-S-D-A-T. It's probably going to change soon. Uh, <laughs> on, on Instagram or Comedy on TikTok. I'm new to TikTok now. I'm trying. I'm oh, really man. trying. It's so hard. Um, and follow the podcast and listen to more episodes. Thank, Thank you. you for me. Bye.